0: Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Join us now as we continue our series on how to pray. It is tremendous just to be able to hear those words, I think, just to be able to be reminded of that disciples' prayer, that model prayer that Jesus gave us. And you know, as you continue to look through this, as we've looked through it in the last uh, few weeks in particular, we see how really God, Jesus Christ, comes to the Father, and there's this sense of intimacy. There's this sense of communion that is there. And He comes before Him, and He just approaches Him in that way. But then Jesus somewhat... Well, he focuses upon the bigger picture. He recognizes the hallowedness of God, his distance, and then he recognizes the kingdom itself and how he prays that that kingdom and that will will be accomplished here on this earth. You see Jesus focusing upon the big perspective. But I love the way we come into today to verse 11. That's where we're going to focus for a few moments. In verse 11, Jesus reminds us, Yes, that God is concerned about the bigger focus. He is concerned about the large perspective that we're to have. But also, He is concerned about each and every day of our personal lives. He is concerned each and every day about the physical need that we have in our lives. How incredible is that? This week, I preached at Louisiana College there in Chapel And I talked to them about 2 Kings 6, about how God in that passage basically demonstrated that He was concerned not just about the national events, not just about the large things, but that He was concerned just about the individual person. He was concerned about a seminary student in 2 Kings chapter 6. And you know, I was thinking through that passage, I was looking at it, and I was just, again, amazed... How our God can sit upon a throne and recognize all the different things that are going on and still He's concerned about our personal lives. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? Listen, I want to tell you this morning, when I come to you, yes, I know that our God is concerned about His earthly mission. He is concerned about the kingdom coming. He is concerned about His will being done. I understand all of that But know today that I can say with all confidence that God is concerned about you personally as well. He's concerned about your needs. He's concerned about the things that that you are facing. Don't believe me. Listen to Jesus' words here in verse 11. Jesus is praying. And as he is offering this prayer to God, to the Father, he says, give us this day... Our daily bread. Brother BK, I think there's a transition that he makes there. From the larger to the more specific. To the... This cosmic purpose to the personal interest of us as individuals. He says, give us this day our daily bread. So I want to give you two truths out of this verse today, okay? First of all, as we come... We just need to recognize as Jesus is praying, as he is offering this prayer to the Father, that he recognizes that we are totally dependent upon the Father for our basic needs. I mean, he is totally concerned. He recognizes that the Father is the one from whom all good gifts come. And Jesus says, God, we're coming to you and we're praying to you that you would give us our daily bread. Now, there are some different translations that talk about the bread for tomorrow, the bread for today, those kinds of things. But don't miss, don't miss this basic message from the verse. And that is, no matter which day you face, you need God and His provision in your life. You need to see how dependent you are upon Him. Somehow, He frames it with this idea of the bread. the staple. Well, one of the staple things of the Mediterranean diet, bread itself. How many, of you, how many of you like bread? Yeah. It's kind of a vice sometimes, isn't it? So, you know, as I was pouring through it this week and thinking about this, I, I was writing down, you know, this idea of bread in my life and, and all the things that I love that's kind of like bread. So there's like cornbread. Cornbread. You're not, you're not surprised, right? I am from North Mississippi. As a matter of fact, at my house, we have what we call the Mississippi dessert every night. Or every so often when we have cornbread. We take the cornbread, we put it in milk, and we just enjoy it. The Mississippi dessert. There's cornbread. There, how about rolls? How about homemade dinner rolls? Hey, it's all right. It's all right to even tip our hat to Sister Schubert today, don't you think? We can enjoy a Sister Schubert roll. There are all kinds of aspects of bread that maybe you like. When I, when I moved to South Louisiana, I really found this thing they called French bread. Oh. Do you know you can even make a bread pudding out of that? And that's even more heavenly than the French bread itself. I remember when Leslie and I got married, somebody gave us a bread-making machine. That was one of our wedding gifts. And we tried that thing. And, and listen, we we put it in, we did everything we were supposed to. We had our little um well, our little mixes that we used and all of that, and it would smell so heavenly when you were cooking it. You know, we we would go through and we would I would stand really by the machine just waiting. Because it was so awesome smelling. Unfortunately, we never could get the exact Recipe down. Did you, it ever happen to you like that? No, you're good at that, probably. But you know, even in the midst of all that, I, I loved bread. I still love bread. You know, I think about it. I come to this Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And while I enjoy bread and when I think about all the blessings of it, I recognize when Jesus is talking, He's talking about something that is necessary for people's very existence. The average Palestinian, he would have looked at bread as something of survival for his or her life. When they're offering bread, they're not just talking about bread pudding. They're not talking about Sister Schubert. They're they're talking about something that is necessary for the livelihood of the individual. So Jesus comes and he says, Father, we recognize that you need to give us this daily bread. So hear what he says. He says, Father, we are totally dependent upon you. We are totally dependent upon you for our basic need because bread was a basic need of the day. Jesus himself, of course, will feed the multitude, and he will use bread to feed them, to remind them of how God is somehow sustaining them through that bread. God himself is the source of all our basic needs. Perhaps as we're reading through this and again recognizing that Jesus was speaking to a Jewish audience, recognizing that Matthew himself was writing to a predominantly Jewish audience, I believe that also in their minds they would have naturally thought back to the way God had provided bread In the wilderness many, many years ago. I believe as they're hearing Jesus pray this, Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread. I I am convinced that the disciples and all of those who were Jewish, from Jewish background, they would have naturally thought about the manna from heaven. You remember the story. Moses, of course, has led the people, he has been faithful to God, and he has led the people. In out of Egypt into the wilderness. They are on their way to the promised land. And as the people of God are going through the wilderness, well, they complain. They fuss. They begin to talk about all the good old days of Egypt, about how they had eaten so well in Egypt, how they were treated so well. It's amazing how we romanticize some of the former days, isn't it? But they began talking about all those things that they missed and how they were going to now be brought into the wilderness simply to starve. God was very gracious to them. Let me say this. God was more than gracious to them. And what God did is he sent this bread from heaven. You remember the people went out that first morning, the dew was... Uh, disappearing, and somehow there was this flaky, frosty type of material on the ground. They're looking at it. They're trying to determine what it is. And then, how would you like to be the first person to taste it? Somebody, somebody picks it up, and they pop it into their mouth. The scripture says that it tastes sweet, like honey. They name it. Let me say this. Obviously, these folks in Egypt, these folks who had come from Egypt, they were not that creative because they named it manna. What does manna mean? What is it? They couldn't figure out anything else, so they just said, it's what? We're going to call it what? And we're going to eat what? We're going to eat this bread, this manna but they would eat it, they'd enjoy it, and they'd have to come each day, they'd have to come each day to have that bread replenished, remember, they would go out and they would pick it up and it would just be enough bread for the day, God said don't pick up any more than you need for the day, well, again, obviously there were some good hard-headed Baptists there not listening. They went out. Some of them tried to take more than they needed. And the scripture says that it ruined by that second day. Why? Because Jesus well because God himself was trying to teach his people dependency. Now on on that last day, the day before the Sabbath, they were able to gather twice as much so that they would not have to go out and gather on the Sabbath day itself. And somehow amazingly through God's grace and through his work, that manna did not spoil. I say to you that these disciples and those who would read this book of Matthew, those earliest readers, they would have naturally thought back to how their forefathers had eaten of the manna and how through the manna, through the bread, God had taught his people to depend upon him daily. Think about that a moment. Think about that sense of dependency. You're in the wilderness. There are not many jobs to be had. There's not much revenue that you can somehow generate. You're not going to have a great salary. You're in the wilderness. And if there were jobs or that many for you to be hired out for, think of how many people you're competing against. And even if you could get money... There were no super ones or county markets in the wilderness. So where were you going to get the food? You see, the people were totally dependent upon God. Some of us in this place, we would have totally been scared out of our minds. Oh, don't look at me like that. You know you would have been. Every morning, to know that you had to be dependent upon that manna that was out there on the ground. You couldn't somehow, you couldn't somehow fill your resources, your bank accounts, you could not do. Look, I'm going to tell you there would have been days that my faith would have faltered. But what God was doing through that whole process was saying, hey, you have to depend on me. You don't forget me. You understand that your daily bread must be provided by me. Now let me say this to you. We are still dependent upon God for our daily bread. We may not necessarily go out and collect the manna off of our front lawn. But folks, you and I are still dependent upon God for all of our basic needs and resources. And I think sometimes we just need to hear that again. Hey, I'll be honest. There are times in our lives when we have built our bank account up, when somehow we have we've paid off a lot of our debts, we've done so much, and we think somehow that now we are set. Now we are good. And before we know it, we begin to depend upon ourselves, and our own geniuses, and the own planning that we have. There's nothing against against planning, nothing against stewardship. Hear me say this today, nothing against that whatsoever. But I'm saying to you, your dependency should not be upon your resources or your bank account. Your dependency should be upon the God of heaven. Because all of us ultimately find our basic needs in Him. Listen to Jesus. Jesus says, Father, we need our daily bread. We need you to provide for us. We recognize it is an issue of dependency upon you. That we need all of our resources fulfilled. The old saying is, when the bank account is up and the blood pressure is down, there's not quite the need for God in our lives or at least that's the appearance of it but I would say to you no matter what your bank account looks like no matter what your blood pressure looks like let me say you need to be dependent upon God because we can have all of our resources we can have all of the things that we see here on this earth we can have houses paid for we can have our our uh, bank accounts up as I said you can have your cars. but you can, you can have all that stuff. And yet, just like that, the world can come crashing down. Just to remind us that we are dependent upon God. We're dependent upon Him for our financial being. I say to you, when you think about the bread, it was significant to the livelihood of Of that early believer the physical need God is concerned about our physical needs he's concerned about our financial needs I think he is I think he hears us he understands that yes we need a job and when we cry out to him and we say God we need a job he he hears that do you believe that I believe that when we speak to him about our earthly needs He is sensitive to our earthly needs and he knows what we So desperately desire in our hearts and lives I believe he's concerned about our finances. I believe he's concerned about our jobs I believe he's concerned about where our medicine is going to come from And how it's going to be paid for I believe he's concerned about our health That's a pretty basic need for us today Because you can have all the finances and then for something to happen in your life physically. I believe he's concerned about us. I believe he's concerned about our personal contentment and satisfaction. I think he is. I'll never forget what I heard a preacher say one time where he he spoke about the ability to to enjoy a $50 steak. And it is wonderful to know, right? $50 can buy the steak, but only God can give you the appetite to really enjoy it. We're dependent upon God for all our basic needs. No matter where we are, no matter what we've accomplished, you never miss this. You're still dependent upon Him. I'm still dependent upon Him. I'm grateful that God has blessed us as He has but may those blessings never blind us from a sense of dependency upon him. And I would say I would pray even today, God, if somehow those resources have blinded us toward our faith in you, our trust in you, God, I pray that you would speak to us today and rattle us out of that rattle us out of that safety net and help us once again to depend upon you. For each day of our lives when jesus is praying i think he communicates first a dependency upon the father for all the basic needs that we have in our lives but also when jesus is praying here he expresses a sense of trust and faith in the father to provide all of those basic needs Now, you may say, it seems to be very similar. I mean, you depend, you trust. In some ways, it is. I was trying to work it out this week, kind of the different nuances of this truth. And hopefully, I can flesh it out for you because one says, yes, we recognize we're dependent. I mean, that is the first step. But the second aspect of this is we trust Him to provide for those basic needs. You see, I think, I think there's a little bit of difference. See, most of us can go around and say, yeah, we're totally dependent upon God. We believe that. Do you really trust it? Do you believe Him to then provide for you what He said that He would? Well, it comes in context of the father-child relationship. The prayer itself is set in that relationship. Later on, Jesus will describe this relationship when he's talking about how we are to approach him in prayer. Matthew chapter 7, for example, he will say, Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So Jesus said, are you going to trust the father above? So many of you, you trust your earthly father. You trust your earthly father to do what's right. Correct? Even though we fall short of the glory of God. We we often do. We fathers. Can we just admit that today? We fall short of the glory of God. We do mess up. We do mess up. But most all of us would do what we thought was best. At least we would not try to harm our children. Here the example is, if our child comes to us and says, Hey, I need some bread. I need to eat. How many of you as fathers... Would somehow just find a rock somewhere and say hey chew on this a little while enjoy Wouldn't do that Or if your child came to you seeking something How many of you would pull out a serpent and say hey take the snake go play with it for a little while? I know some of you get very Disturbed sometimes, and some of you probably would like to do something like that, but how many of you would really do it? Jesus said you wouldn't do that Jesus said, that's not going to happen. Your your earthly father would not respond in that way. And if your earthly father, being evil, that is that we are sinful and we do fall short of the glory of God, if we would respond in such a manner, don't you think the father above, who loves you, who wants to take care of you, don't you believe and trust him that he will do what is best in providing your needs. See, when I come to him and I pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Give us our basic needs. Lord, work in our hearts and lives. I'm expressing dependency upon him for it, but I'm expressing trust in him that he is going to do that. That he is going to respond. As the good father. And may I say this. I say all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. As fathers and dads. Some of us probably have fallen short more than others. But no matter what your perception of a dad or father is. Unfortunately some of you have a. Difficult perception because of things that happen in your life. Listen to me. The Heavenly Father is always there for you. Your Heavenly Father is always concerned about you and your basic needs in your life. You can trust that. You can believe in that. You can bank upon that. And when you trust Him. To provide your daily needs. Guess what happens? The trust and the faith somehow expels worry from your life. When you have trust and you have faith in the Father that He's going to provide for those basic needs, it will drive worry away from your heart and life. Again, later on, Matthew chapter 6, here, same chapter, but later on in the chapter... Jesus will address this. I think it puts it in context for us. Where he looks at his disciples and he says, hey, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the clothing. Don't worry about all those things. No, he didn't say not to work and not to give. He wasn't saying that. He says, overall, as a child of God, you shouldn't be consumed with worry about the basic needs of life. Now, that is convicting, isn't it? Actually, I, I believe that I probably can come in here and preach on worry this morning, and the altar should be full. What do you think? You're worried I'm going to preach on that now, aren't you? Many of us allow worry to infect our lives. I'm right there with you. Sometimes I can get worried about some of the basic things of life. I can. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you're a disciple, you're my... Listen, you don't have to worry. And then he gives two examples. He says, when you're walking along and worry's filling your heart, why don't you look up at the birds for a moment? The sparrows... Isn't it amazing how here they are, just simple little birds, and I'll take care of them. They're able to eat. They're able to sustain their livelihood. Isn't that amazing? He said, you know what, even as you're walking along, and uh, maybe you look around and you, and, you see, and, and you see a lily, or maybe let's just adopt it into rust and lingo. Let's say you see a peach tree in bloom. How about that? When you look at that, he said, just kind of gaze at it and notice how God has given it its very clothing. How he has dressed it up. He said, when you look at it, you'll notice that there is more grandeur about it than even in King Solomon's wardrobe. And if I can take care of the birds... And I can take care of the flowers. Oh, how much more I'm going to take care of you? How much more I'm going to work in your life? You see, when we worry, somehow we have embraced unbelief. We've rejected faith. Faith drives away worry. And what does worry do anyway? When you're concerned about your basic need. Now, I'm not saying that God provides all your greed. Did you hear me say that? I didn't say God provides all of our greed. But I do believe he provides all of our need. Always. But when we worry, what does that do to us? What happens? Well, you know, it has been biblically proven, medically proven, that worry can help me live a long time. Nope. Wrong answer. Well, worry could actually help me grow taller. I've tried it. Doesn't work. I love the way the Old King James really translated the Matthew 6 passage where it says basically, through worry, how do you think you would add even one cubit to your stature? Like I said, I, I read this many years ago and I was like, I, I just well to give up. Maybe worry has actually shrunk me through the years. I don't know what's happened. Of course, many passages said that how could you add more to your life through worry? You can't. As a matter of fact, you might even take a few days away from your life. You trust. You believe. Every day you recognize that you are dependent upon the daily bread. You're dependent upon all the necessities of life. Physical, spiritual, emotional. That you're dependent upon all those things from the Father. But also, you just say, God, I trust you then to take care of these things. God, I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And God, I'm going I'm to trust you. That you're going to fulfill the basic needs of my heart and life. Notice in the Lord's prayer. The disciples prayer. Jesus prays for the kingdom to come. And the will be done. And then he naturally turns. To this idea of the daily bread. Again if you were to follow his teaching in the sermon on the mount you can get to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where he connects the two again. Just as he did in the prayer life of the kingdom and the will to the daily bread, in Matthew 6, 33, what does he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. So that is, again, focus upon the kingdom. Jesus had focused upon the kingdom in his prayer to start with. And then he recognized that as he focused upon the kingdom, as he sought the kingdom of God, as he was trying to do what God had asked him to do, somehow God would take care of all the rest. And God can take care of all the things. He can provide for you. And yes, as a good father, he will provide for you. We must trust him. We must have the faith. When we come to Him praying, Lord, give us today our daily bread. We must know each day that we're dependent upon Him. Friends, think about it this way. You and I are here this morning because He gave us breath this morning. That's a real humbling thought, isn't it? He gave us breath. He gave us the energy. He gave us the strength. He gave us what we needed to come... And worship him. We're dependent upon him today. And we must trust him. As the good father to work in our lives. To provide the basic needs. Each day. I look across this congregation this morning. You know I've been here a little over three years now. And I've seen many of you who have uh, gone through. Um. Times of need. Some of you who are going through it. Even now. Some of you who have faced. Some financial need. Some of you have faced. Job uncertainty. Some of you who have faced. Relational issues. Some of you who have. Struggled through health. Issues in your life. Thanks be to God. That we can come Together. And pray not just for our own needs, but for our daily needs. Our, notice the plural, our daily bread. Not just mine, but all of ours. That we can pray together that God would meet each other's needs. And that we can believe in trust that somehow he is going to. And how I've seen that prayer answered in many of your hearts and lives already. But oh, how I continue to pray. And I hope that you will join us as a church and as a people to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters. That God would show his favor. That God would provide the basic needs. Spiritually, emotionally, and yes, physically. For our brothers and sisters. Because we are totally, even as a church, dependent upon him. And his work in our midst to see his provision and his blessing. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you this morning. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would impress upon our hearts and lives a sense of dependency. Dependency. God, I pray this morning that we would not put our faith and our trust in our material security, our financial planning, but God, we'd put our security in you today. Father, that we would depend upon you, but yes, we would trust that you would work on our behalf. And God, there are those in this place right now, there are some, Lord, they're going through some very difficult times in their lives. They may be asking questions about finances. They may be asking questions right now about physical needs. And God, I pray somehow in your own sovereignty, in your own wisdom, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and lives right now. And that, Lord, you would drive away the worry from their lives. That you'd drive away the fear. That you'd give them a sense of peace that you'd give them a sense of your presence right now. God, I pray that you would provide yes for us personally, that we would know collectively your daily bread in our hearts and lives. God, we pray now for you to move in our midst. Speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name.